Welcome to Psych for Psychology, a Nystrom and Associates podcast. Our host, Brett Cushing, is a licensed marriage and family therapist at Nystrom. Each week, he talks about all things mental health and therapy with guests, and you get a chance to dive into specific psychology topics that help promote personal development and wellness. And now, your host, Brett. Hello and welcome to another edition of Psych for Psychology. Today I am going to be talking about invalidation. Last time I talked about how validating people can be like a superpower. And today we're going to talk about invalidation and how helpful that can be and how hurtful and harmful it can be as well. We all know what it is to have being on the recipient of invalidation. We've received it, and truth be told, let's admit, we've all given it as well, verbally and even just in our thoughts, right? So we've been all invalidated before where our perspectives, our feelings, our needs, opinions, they've all been failed uh, to be acknowledged, right? So for instance, a big one today, we see there's a lot of invalidation being lobbed back and forth in the area of politics. And you have one side always invalidating the other and the other side lobbing back the invalidations. And what do we see? We see that there's no progress, first of all. And second of all, we see the effect of it. It it just intensifies our emotions. Think about this in the area of parenting as well. In parenting, we tend to do a lot of unintentionally invalidating communication. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. We know, I think, how we've received that from parents maybe growing up, and it felt like their parenting uh, was invalidating, but maybe we don't realize how we do it as parents as well. Many of us, unfortunately, have been the victims of abuse, and whether it's physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, that is profoundly invalidating. And in relationships in general, we tend to invalidate one another. In fact, sometimes the people we hurt the most are the people we care most about. And oftentimes it's because we've been invalidating them. And what's the results? What happens when we invalidate people or we feel invalidated by somebody else? Well, there's profound hurt. There's a sense of disconnection. There's relational pain. There is trauma. And then you know what happens is we have a a result of learned behavior. And and specifically what we learn is how to cope with invalidation in ways that are just not very effective. What do I mean by that? Well, in a general sense, what we can do is we can suppress our emotions, right? We can go into the suppression of emotion. And I like to think of that as kind of like trying to have a a beach ball in a pool and you're, you're trying to push it down all the time. And the more you push it down in that suppression, there's resistance. And yet that's what many of us do. And sometimes some of us go to explosion of emotion, intensification of emotion. And we do that because we want to be heard. So we go to suppression because we don't feel we have any worth and we don't think our voice is worthy to be heard or we go to explosion in order to be heard and sometimes it's really we go 
from one to the other. We we explode and then we feel bad and we remind ourselves like, oh yeah, I just don't, I don't really have any validity in what I say because we've been hearing this all our lives. And then we go from explosion to suppression and we never get to that assertiveness point. Well, the reasons for the results of these invalidating coping skills is that these behaviors of suppression and explosion, they're fueled by our thoughts. And our thoughts are what really contribute to our emotions. So, for instance, here's the thoughts, and we call them cognitive distortions. It's a distortion of the truth. As I just said, the thought might be the only way for me to get heard is to yell. Or we learn I have nothing of worth to say. So you can see those are the thoughts we we. We glean from growing up in invalidating environments. Well, I only can be heard if I yell. And when I yell, I get what I want. So then that becomes my coping mechanism. And you know what? It tends to work for us. So we keep going there. And yet, while it works, it hurts too. It hurts our relationships. And other times we have other cognitive distortions that we conclude, I've got nothing worthy to say. And that suppression hurts. It hurts us, and it does hurt our ability to connect effectively with other people. So let's talk about a definition of invalidation. We sort of know what it is, and we know when we've been invalidated, but what is it? What are we talking about in particular? Well, last time we discussed validation, and validation it's not approval, and that's one of our big hurdles with validation. We are sort of resistant and reluctant to validate somebody because we believe if I validate you or if I validate somebody, now I'm approving of your behavior. But in actuality, validation is not approval. It's simply acknowledgement. Acknowledgement of what? The other person's thoughts, their feelings, their behaviors, their perspectives, their choices, their opinions, etc. So just like validation is not approval, invalidation is not necessarily disapproval, even though that's what we tend to think and, and conclude. But invalidation, it's not disapproval, but the lack of acknowledgement. Validation is acknowledgement. Invalidation is the lack of acknowledgement of what? Other people's thoughts, their feelings, their behaviors, their choices, etc. So before we continue talking about invalidation, I want to sort of pause and mention one incredibly important aspect of invalidation. A key we need to remember when we're talking about invalidation and we're going to give invalidating messages to people. Because actually... There are times, and I'll talk about in a second, when it's helpful, when correction is needed, to give invalidation. That happens all the time as a teacher, as a coach, as a parent, as a friend, as a, an employee, as a boss. And, and so invalidation is really important. But when we give invalidation or correction, it's crucial that we always lead with validation, Validation, it, it is. It's like a superpower, as I talked last time. And we need to lead with validation before giving invalidation. Why? Well, 
First of all, there's always something we can validate about something or somebody else, what's going on in their life, their behaviors, their thoughts, their their emotions. And it, this is hard. It really is. It's, it's hard sometimes to find what can be validated because we have things going inside of us and we want to tend to kind of our emotion and our reaction rather than leading with validation of the other person. So there's always something that can be validated. That's one reason it's important to lead with it. Second of all, we lead with validation before giving invalidation because validation is disarming. It, it has a de-escalating power, as I talked about in the last uh, podcast that we did on validation. It de-escalates intense emotion and it establishes interpersonal connection. So when we lead with invalidation, conversely, we're leading with what? We're leading with correction. The starting point is you are deficient in some way. You need to correct. You need to change, right? And what does that feel like to the recipient? It feels like shame because, oh, you're correcting me. I did something wrong. Therefore, I am wrong. It feels as the recipient like you're trying to control me or you're trying to manipulate me or that you really do disapprove of me. And so what's the response I might have? Logically, understandably, I'm going to get defensive. So it's important, and I just want to highlight times when we are most vulnerable to lead with invalidation or correction, and we need to be aware of this so that we avoid leading with invalidation and really make sure we're leading first with validation. So really, in a general sense, it's any time we have intense levels of emotion. When you and I have intense levels of emotion, it's really difficult to start with validating somebody else, largely because sometimes they're the cause of this emotion. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't believe other people are the cause of my emotion. I'm the cause of my emotion because it's how I'm thinking about you. It's my interpretation. It's my perception and meaning I have about you and your behaviors, that leads to my intense emotions. But nonetheless, when we have intense levels of emotion, this is when it's super hard to lead with validation. So for instance, I was talking about parenting. (laughs) A lot of times we do parenting in times of high emotion. And when we are in levels of high emotion and we're frustrated with our kids, no matter what age they are, We want to have uh, an ability to correct them right away. And so most of our parenting is done in times of high emotion and we are correcting them. We're giving them invalidating messages. And it's not that it's inaccurate. Maybe they do need to be in earlier. Maybe they did violate a curfew. Maybe they are being lazy. Maybe they aren't doing and following through uh, as well in school. And so that causes stress and emotions get intense for us. And we parent in that time of high emotion and we're leading within validation. And all that emotion comes out. I once heard, and I, I so agree with this, as my level of emotion goes up, my level of influence goes down really important. Why? Because when my level of emotion goes up, I tend to lead with invalidation and my level of influence diminishes. 
Conversely, as I can keep my levels of emotion down, my level of influence tends to go up. And when we're parenting during times of intense levels of emotion, trying to do something corrective that is also invalidating, what do what do our kids hear? All they hear is wah, 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 wah. They don't really hear anything we're actually saying. All they're seeing and receiving is the intense emotion, which feels a lot like shame and blame, for instance. A lot of times we have intense levels of emotion when we've just been invalidated by somebody else. Somebody invalidates me. I want to invalidate them right back. Somebody cuts me off when I'm driving. Ooh, that's invalidating. Somebody flips me the bird when I'm driving. Not that that happens very often. But, you know, I have an immediate reaction to invalidate that person immediately in response. I certainly don't have an immediate reaction to sort of say, I'm sorry, you know, that, that doesn't come naturally, at least for me. So these are times when we have intense levels of emotions. And also when we've had abuse and we have a history of being invalidated by important people in our lives, we can get very triggered today when somebody invalidates us as well. And so it's... During these times, we are very vulnerable to lead with high-intense emotions and invalidation. And even though the invalidation might have all the credibility in its content, it gets completely clouded and pushed out by the intense emotion. So this is super important as we're using invalidation effectively and as we're responding to invalidation in an effective way. Another way, not only when our emotions are uh, high and intense, but when our values are contradicted. Why? Because values, they're, they're super personal to us. They're really kind of a matter of identity. And I think that's why politics is so difficult in area for us to respond to somebody with an opposing view or an attack against our political stance or our values because it's an attack on us. So, for instance, when I was in high school... I really didn't like a lot of my friends' music. I didn't like the sound of it. I didn't the words I really disagreed with and I responded not very effectively, but I responded with sort of well, frustration and invalidation. I would say, "Well, how can you guys like this? Do you ever listen to the words? These words are awful, you know." And what was I doing? I these these songs were super important to them. They valued them as a matter of their identity. And it didn't help me to win friends and influence people, right? So we need to be careful when we are in times of intense emotion and when it comes to our values. So let's take a look about the purposes of invalidation. I actually said there's some helpful and constructive invalidation, as well as the all-too-familiar painful and destructive invalidation we tend to see. For instance, we all have blind spots, right? I tend to drive, for instance, and I know I've got blind spots. In fact, the best advice I was given when I was learning to drive is always be looking at your blind spots, know where cars are around you all the time. That's how I taught my kids. It's super important. And sometimes I still fail to see or just realize somebody's in a blind spot. So somebody might say to me, watch out, be careful. Somebody's in your blind spot. And that's helpful. That's actually constructive. That's a form of invalidation that doesn't acknowledge maybe how I'm feeling, but it does acknowledge that 
if I do not pay attention, I could hurt somebody else. I could hurt myself. I could hurt people that I care about. And so we all have blind spots, right? And we need to pay attention. If we have a boss who gives us invalidation, sometimes we need to hear that. We need to respond to that. We need to receive that and have a corrective response to that employee, to that professor or teacher or parent, right? And so it can be super helpful. Helpful invalidation is great when it's needed, when it corrects important mistakes. When our facts are incorrect, invalidation is crucially helpful. And anytime we're having and we're sharing misinformation, we want to be aware. So I remember one time in my previous career when I was a pastor, I was up front and I was leading the worship service. And then I came and sat down for a moment about to go back up. And my wife leaned over to me and she said, uh, do you realize that your fly is down? And I had instant panic, instant shame. I wanted to run and hide and put my fly back up, right? That was invalidation. Super helpful, very corrective, and very, very important for me to know. And I took care of that. So, you know, invalidation, it can hurt. It can be embarrassing. Our pride can take a hit. But that's really what happens is that I I kind of find that when I am being invalidated invalidated by people, the biggest hindrance I have is my own sense of pride. So invalidation, though, is super helpful. Look at, look at slavery. Thank God for uh, Wilberforce uh, because of his invalidation of slavery. Thank God there was invalidation about slavery. So it can happen on a trivial level with our fly being down to on a macro, super important level, for instance, with the area of slavery. Now, let's talk about painful invalidation. It, it, we need to realize that there is helpful invalidation. There's also painful invalidation. So when our, our thoughts, our feelings, our opinions, our desires, when those are not acknowledged, that can be really painful. And it could, like I said earlier, it could a lot of times it relates to some other times in our past when we've been invalidated and it brings it all right back. So maybe you've heard invalidating phrases like this. Well, don't be sad, right? And uh, of course, I think of the movie by Pixar, uh, Inside Out. Remember that? That was uh, the main character was a girl and we had a inside view of her emotions battling and dealing with life that was going on and how it was affecting her. And this was essentially the message she was giving herself, another cognitive distortion, if you will. Don't be sad. And we realized sadness, the emotion inside her, was always being pushed away. And in the end, well, spoiler alert here, in the end, we realized that it's sadness that was the hero. And it's very inhumane, if you will, to tell people to ignore their emotions or to minimize their emotions, because that's part of what it is to be human, is to have emotions and subsequently 
express them. Emotions are meant to be expressed. There's a great book called uh, Trauma Keeps, or The Body Body Keeps the Score. Well, I can't say it. The Body Keeps the Score is really how trauma continually affects us. And when we don't talk about things and we suppress those emotions, it's it's very not only inhumane, but it's ineffective. And, and it has all sorts of physiological negative effects on our body. So we can hear that message in a number of ways. Don't be sad. I remember when I used to do funerals all the time, people would always apologize for being sad and crying. And I would say, this is the most appropriate time to be sad and to cry as well. How about this message? You're okay. You're all right. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And, you know, sometimes we're just not okay. We're not all right. And it's okay. And it's all right to not be okay. It's it's okay to not be fine. And that's important. We hear another invalidating phrase, that's not a big deal. And it might not be a big deal to one person, but to me, it might be a huge deal for lots of reasons that always make sense. So here's an important thing. When something is a big deal to somebody... It is a big deal to them. It may not be to us, but it is to them, and we can acknowledge that. How about this one? Get over yourself, right? Just get over yourself. Or like, everything happens for a reason. (laughs) That one I find really empty. I I have no idea what that means. Okay, everything happens for a reason. And none of us can fathom what that reason is right now, so now I'm not only feeling hurt, I'm also confused. So thanks for adding insult to injury. Sometimes we're told just let it go, let it go, or we're taking it too personally, i.e. you are the problem. Don't you think you're overreacting a bit? Or I like this one too, it'll pass, this too shall pass. A great proverb, wonderful phrase of wisdom. And again, notice if we just say, well, it'll pass, you'll get over this. Without any validation of the pain somebody feels, people get very defensive, understandably, too. How about these last two? Why do you make a big deal of everything? And, well, it could be worse. Oh, that one's really big. It could be worse. Now, notice a lot of times within these phrases, people are sending these invalidating phrases. Get over it. Could be worse. Uh, Things will get better, etc. We, the people who say these invalidating phrases are saying it to try to correct the other person. Why? Because here's the message they're essentially sending. They're saying, you need to get over this because I can't handle your inability to get over it right now. In other words, I can't handle your negative emotions, so you need to change for my sake. It's really not seeking the interest of the other person at all. So these are emotionally invalidating, extremely painful. So let's take a look at how we can respond to these messages of invalidation, whether it's corrective and helpful or it's destructive and it's painful. So we can respond with validation, right? Because validation, as I said, it does tend to help people feel a bit disarmed. Yeah, that's the word. They're disarmed. A lot of times people are giving us messages of invalidation because they do want to 
correct something, and it might be maliciously motivated or it might be altruistic in its intention. And so we can respond with validation and we can respond with a simple appreciation. Thanks for sharing that. I didn't know that. Thank you. When my wife told me my fly was down, I was very appreciative. We can respond no matter if it's constructive or destructive in its orientation and source. We can respond in validation with simple appreciation. Thank you. Let me give you the, what I call the ABCs of how to respond to painful or helpful invalidation. First of all, the A stands for attend. Attend to the person that's talking to us. A lot of times we listen to figure out how we're going to respond rather than listen to understand. And we need to attend to what the person's actually saying. What are they saying? How are they saying it? What's the message? What do they need? We need to pay attention to that. So we, we attend to them and give them our full attention. Super hard in our culture today, isn't it? Because we like to get distracted and we can, we can get distracted so easily with so many things, whether it's our phones or our intensifying emotions, etc. So we need to attend to that person, full attention to them, and we need to attend to ourselves. And we can do this at the same time. We, we can pay attention to what they're saying, and we can just notice without judging them or ourselves, what am I feeling right now? And what's the intensity of that emotion? Because simply acknowledging our own emotion and just naming it can actually help de-escalate ourselves. Because when you and I get at an 8, 9, or 10 out of 10 the frontal lobe of the brain just shuts down. We don't think rationally anymore. Why? Because the blood is flowing from that frontal lobe to our extremities. We're getting ready for fight or flight, right? And so we need to try to make sure we're not getting into an eight, nine, 10 out of 10. If we are, we can simply say, thank you. And I need to think about this. And then we take a break until we can get that blood back in the brain. The rational part of the brain comes back online. But we do need to attend to the person and attend to our emotion and its intensity. B stands for basic empathy. Basic empathy, I essentially talked about this when I talked about validation last time. Basic empathy, well, what is it? It's not sympathy for somebody. That's some misconceptions about empathy. Empathy, rather, is when the other person really believes and feels that I understand him or her. That's empathy. And I talked about this again with validation. Some of the ways we validate people is we can try to paraphrase what they just said to us and say it back to them. And that's a skill that takes work. So if we can't do that, we can simply say word for word exactly what we heard them say. And it might feel like you're playing a game or they're going to see right through what you're doing. Most of the time, people don't. And they actually are so glad that somebody has heard them, it brings their emotion down too. But that's basic empathy. And notice that not only de-escalates them, it establishes connection and rapport and trust. So A is attend, B is basic empathy, C is consideration. We need to consider what somebody is saying. And sometimes that takes a moment. I know sometimes my wife will give me feedback and I just don't wanna hear it at the moment. And I am considering it like a day or two or even a week later, 
And it's important to let people know, I need time to consider that. And we can verbalize that right when people give us invalidation, whether it's destructive or if it's helpful and constructive. We can tell people, hey, you know what? Thank you. This is what I heard you say. And I need some time to consider that. Okay. And you're setting a boundary for yourself and you're helping the other person understand that you're hearing them and they're they're believing you're hearing them because you've just repeated it back to them. How many times have we been on the recipient end of somebody continually making their point over and over and over and over and over again, and we tend to get flooded with all this information and all of their emotions? A great way to interrupt them is just say, so what I'm hearing you say is, and then repeat it right back to them, and then say, thanks for sharing that. Let me take some time to consider this. And they will stop the repeating once they feel that sense of empathy and that they're being heard. And then you are establishing time you need to consider what they're sharing. And sometimes you don't need time at all. You need you can consider it very quickly. And then you, you can say, you know what, I, I'm thinking about what you're saying. And then can we discuss this? And, you know, but first we do that basic empathy leading with validation of, okay, so here's what I'm hearing you say, and that's acknowledging their thoughts, their feelings, etc. They feel heard, that's the empathy. You've considered it even very briefly on the spot, and then you're saying, okay, can we discuss this? Now, you and the other person, your levels of emotion have come down already a bit so you can discuss this. And if you begin to and you feel like yours or the other person's emotions are escalating, totally okay to say, you know what, let's let's take some time. Can we take some time and think about this and consider this some more? The other thing, letter E, is extend appreciation. We can always extend appreciation. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for sending me that note or that email, etc. When we extend appreciation, we are, again, helping de-escalate the other person. And it actually can help us de-escalate ourselves. And then F stands for follow up. Follow up. If we're going to take some time to do some consideration, it's super helpful to ensure that we are following up then too. And we need to come back then. And we, it doesn't mean we have to change. We can still be appreciative and come back and say, hey, I did take some time to think about this. And I, I know it, it sounds important to you because you're thinking this and you're feeling this, you're needing that. And here's why I don't feel like I can change this. So you do follow up. It doesn't mean you have to change. And sometimes we do need to change. And so we can go back and we can follow up with people and that is super helpful in a relationship. So invalidation, it's actually something that is helpful to us. It is something that can be painful and destructive for us. And hopefully we are realizing responses to any type of invalidation that will actually help us to not kind of... <laughs> get super upset and have intense emotions and, and cause more harm in relationships, but we can actually have a greater connection. We can have growth with our relationships, with not only with others, but also with ourselves. I hope that this has been validating 
for you and maybe even kind of invalidating in some areas because you're realizing I don't respond really well to this. Either way, I think invalidation is something we will always run into and these tips can be super helpful for you. Thank you as always for listening and please be sure to leave us a review. While this podcast can't be a replacement for therapy, we hope you enjoyed our discussion today and join us again next time. Nice German Associates is always available to those who are struggling. If you find yourself in need of support and help, please check us out at nystromcounseling.com.